everyone to the Rest Podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Roberts, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Okay, Catherine, you and I have been having conversations for almost 20 years on how do we go about displacing the confusion, chaos, and disease that causes people to become severely destabilized and really lose their foothold on their own sanity. And the consequence of much of what you've taught me has been so transformative, not just in my thinking and in my professional work, but how I reason. And I've taken that to the clinic, as you know, and working with people that are very, very sick and in my personal spheres as I inspire, instruct, equip, and teach people. I want to take these concepts and these ideas that we talked about in this last segment about universal principles of history and how the politics of a nation are largely governed by the mind, the heart, the will, the conscience of a people and the spiritual condition of a people, that the connection between those two things is almost inseparable. And as you speak throughout these South American countries, and they're literally inviting you to come teach them about history. They're seeing that something huge is happening about education and government, that it's having a significant transformative effect even in your life, having studied this for almost 50 years, the trends of men and nations. With rest, I want to bring it home, and I want to talk about 10 points that make the reason for rest understandable. And the reason this is important to me is I want this information to become practical. So I'm going to go quickly through these 10 points, and I wondered if you could comment on them. Sure. Briefly. The universe isn't random. It is fine-tuned to sustain life. A predictability factor that we can leverage to gain a deeper understanding of things. Again, I refer to the foundation of the United States of America, which began with the Declaration of Independence. And that's our, we call it our birth certificate. It's our mission statement and how we were going to be separate from all other nations to that time. And that is that, again, uh, all men are created. No other document refers to a creator. They first always, in the past, had begun with the sovereignty of a king. But it was the United States, who had 200 years of biblical education, which was the dominant cultural influence, because those who came, came for the religious liberty. And so when they opened the scriptures for themselves and deduced from them the will of God, the will of our maker for the idea of civil government, which is to protect and punish but we have there the creator. To protect what and punish who? Very good. Protect the innocent and punish those that do good. I, let me take that back. It's not so much innocent. It's to punish those that do evil and to protect those that do good. It's only all those things that can be visibly witnessed. And so we go back to the idea, what is good and what is evil? 
And very simply, as I teach young people and old, that good is whatever promotes life. And evil is whatever diminishes or destroys life. The life of human beings and the life, of course, the nation that they live in. You know, hearing you explain that makes me realize how without knowing that or understanding that basic definition of good and evil, how often, just even in parenting, I was unjust and I inadvertently was, with all my good intentions, advancing evil and not promoting life-giving things that are good. And it happens, I think, when we don't understand that evil is just anything that desecrates what's sacred about the innocence or the value of another human being. Yes. And good is everything that advances and sustains the life and protects their liberty to grow and experience things for themselves. Because liberty is our property, not just our bodies, but what's inside and outside of us belongs to us as a gift of God. He's our creator, and he is not biased. He he doesn't love one child more than another. Mm-hmm. They independently enjoy his gifts and his love if they would receive it or value it. Well, that's how much I think by design we can see that we are truly loved, is that we have liberty of conscience to choose him or not. Yes. He's not a God of force. He's not a tyrant. It's interesting with our kids how much conformity we demand. Mm -hmm. And it takes sometimes them being older to realize, gosh, I thought I was loving them, but no. Well, that's part of our falling nature. Right. You see? And God has pity and compassion on everyone that doesn't know him. I usually associate that men don't love God or even familiar or want to love him because they simply don't know him. You need to search who is this divine man or divine being, excuse me, not man, being God. Who do you say he is? That's important because if you don't know him, you can't love him. It's a stranger to you. And if you don't love him, you can't obey him, that his his laws are for your good. It's like a parent. This is for your good. And, you know, they have to believe that you are good and you intend good for them and obey you. Exactly. And I think herein lies our conflict. With every I am statement, I am, we are declaring what our view of God is to some extent because he identified himself as the I am. And because we're created in his image, I would encourage everyone to think about all the I am statements that you make and ask yourself is if that's an injustice you're committing against yourself without even knowing, without even realizing, if it isn't an evil that you're perpetrating upon yourself, without even knowing what you're saying. For example, I'm so stupid. Yeah. I'm so lazy. I never do. That's not true. Those are not true things. There are layers to those I am statements but that that's we invite not your you. Name. That's right. It's not your name. And it may be your nature, by the way. Yes. But it's not who you are. Right. It may be what you're doing, but it may, it's not who you are. But I think you, that's the point that's I was trying to make. what you were created as. As. That's right. Okay. And uh, that's why we need, we need regeneration, but that is, led, that is offered. That's offered. Mm-hmm. But going back to the idea of... Again, loving your parent or knowing they love you, that's the important thing. If they're assured and confident of your love for them, they'll walk on water for you if you ask them to. 
they will, and loving them, do you know, loving your laws means they're safe. Because the laws you command or the commands you give them is to preserve their life, of course. That's what love does. So... That was a long explanation for the first point. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, the universe isn't random. It's fine-tuned to sustain life. So anything that violates that life yeah. is something that we must resist and reason through. He gave us that life. He gave us that life. Laws govern. Really quick. What would you say about laws govern to sustain life? Well, don't do this and do this instead. But whenever he gives a command, it's always not negative. It's do this instead. Well, lying. Let's just be practical. Yeah. We have an internal gauge, which is our conscience, which is an indication of this design that's in the image of this all-knowing, personal, intimate God. So when we lie, it's a violation we commit against ourselves, and it's an assault on our conscience. Now... That's a big thing because sometimes we're deceptive because we don't have the courage to value who we are and give ourselves time to become who we are intended to be. We're so worried about pleasing or complying. So that thing, that can become very confusing. So don't just take, oh, I'm in this sick relationship and I keep cheating on my boyfriend or I'm cheating on my girlfriend or I keep lying to my spouse who beats me. Be careful. You've got to peel back the layers of the anatomy of those lies. But at the end of the day, you've got to see the value within yourself. And I mentioned lies just to say, don't continue to compound the assault on yourself. Well, some people don't know what a lie, that they are lying. I mean, some teachers are lying and they don't know they're teaching lies. So the justice of God is this. He does not condemn us or judge us, shall we say, according to what we don't know, only what we do know, and that is given to us. So there's mercy. But going back to the toxic relationship, I'm always trying to make something practical, because if not, these things are well, difficult for people to process. but you have to know the so principle. The, prin- the principle is that the lie is determined by the measure of light. If you know you're in a relationship you shouldn't be in, then step up and Stand up for what you know is true and wait and and ask God to give you the strength and courage to do what you know you have to do and you've been putting off. Well, so many don't have the strength. That's why we turn to him. Or a job. Let's just say, I'm just trying to go to another thing, another job that you know you shouldn't be in and you know you're violating your conscience in that job because you're being asked to do things that you know you shouldn't do. The measure of light you've been giving you, you've been given is telling you what to do. So trust God to give you the strength and the courage to go do what you have but to I do. But I would add that sometimes we don't immediately know. No, it takes so time. It takes but when time. you know, act. when you do know, that's the point I, I want to remember. Yeah, of course. When you know, act. And if you don't have the strength and courage, ask God to give it to you. You will get it. Yes. And if you don't believe in God, that's okay. Do the right thing and well, the laws that God has put listen. in in play will sustain you. There are laws set in motion that sustain our lives. So even if you say, well, Virginia, I don't believe in God. I say, well, then don't believe in God, but understand that your conscience is telling you the right thing to do. Step out and do the right thing. Yeah, we're all different, I know. But, you know, sometimes when we, we cry out to God, when we finally... That's right. right. The end of ourselves. But sometimes crying out to God is just having a desire to do the right thing. And 
we're, I want to encourage people listening, step out and do yes. the right thing. There's baby steps and there's a path to stepping into greater measures Some of life. Some people cry later. That's yes. all. Man is created a triune being in the image of God's spirit, soul, and body. That speaks for itself. For those of you that are wondering, sometimes when you're not well, you got to determine what the source of the illness is. Is it the spirit, the soul, or the body, or is it all? But understanding that you're a triune being made in the image of a triune God can be helpful. Commands are specifically given to join God in creating, advancing, and sustaining life. That's our number four. Our number five is the rest matrix. The gift, which is liberty to secure freedom. The problem, which is the lies that distort or deceive right? And there's three general lies I talk about. I want, I need, and I deserve. But in the scriptures, they show up as, did God really say that seduced the I want, right? You're not going to die. Do what you want. There's no consequences. Don't worry about it. Second lie. And the third is, your eyes will be opened. You're enlightened. You know more than anybody else. He's holding out on you. There's something that you can have if you do what you want. And those three lies are generally the anatomy of dissent. And I don't find any exception. People often come in and say, how did I get here? And I said, oh, that's easy. What did you want that you were going to do at any cost? What did you think you deserve? And what enlightenment did you think you were going to gain from doing what you wanted and not what you intuitively and your conscience told you don't go there? It will intuitively know in your conscience said, don't go there. And that's it. That's the anatomy of our descent. And of course, the rest matrix is the solution, is understanding the anatomy of descent, the lies, the confusion that causes us to compromise well, our conscience. That's why education is so important, that it has to be founded on what is true. And truth is absolute. And if you want absolute life, you must follow the, the one rule that will preserve that life. So good, Catherine. So good. And that's where these, these universal principles really come in, and they're central, not just in healing our us, our relationships, our families, but again, we this see is instrumental in healing our nation. We see today the, the corruption of innocent children with lies. When parents send them out of the house into preschool, and already their foundation is built on falsehoods about who they are and what they're supposed to be doing. Yep. But there's an awakening happening. I'm confident of it. The central command center is number eight. We talk about is the soul, the mind, the heart, the will, the conscience, the feelings. No matter what you're going through in your life, understand the function of the soul and the transaction, how it works with your brain and the consequence on your body. And we have a lot of educational material online under our coursework. And of course, we have rest, why, what, and how. The why of rest is freedom. The what is the foundations of truth, which I love the perspective that you always reinforce for us, Catherine. And that is that this is the history of man and nations is the expression of these narratives is much of history, right. and it forms political systems. 
And you begin with the individual internal health and well-being, which is the solution to all that we see outside of ourselves. So stay aware. Be careful where you get your news, but understand that the power of transformation lies within your you. Consult your conscience, listen carefully, and then I would I just add that quiet, still voice that's been informing you most of your life. Listen to it. That's God standing at the door of your heart knocking. And then, of course, we talk about how image, identity, and purpose shape us and help us get our bearings. It's amazing. We're living in the era of grace, the unmerited favor of God that sustains and fine-tunes life, right, to keep us going, and the age of rest. And the grace of God is, is His ability, not ours. That's right. The grace is the unmerited favor. It's like fruit falling from a tree. You just have to take it, take it, take it, and just eat it in faith that it's going to provide you the resources you need to face unthinkable circumstances. And then, of course, the age of rest, which was ushered in by that event in history that culminated when Jesus ushered in the language of liberty. Individual. The power to, again, overrule all that is evil. That's right. It was the power now that is dispersed and accessible to everybody listening today that finds themselves in a place of confusion, chaos, and disease. You can access this and live beyond what you ever imagined. I agree. Thanks, Catherine. (laughs) You're welcome. All right, everyone. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.